Hey there, hockey fans. Jesse Liebman here with an episode six of the Orlando Solar Bears podcast. I'm here with Solar Bears forward and alternate captain Chris LeBlanc and defenseman Rob Mann. Guys, thanks for joining us uh, here on the podcast. Uh, thanks for having us. Yep, good to be here. All right, well, let's uh, get right into it. Uh, Solar Bears coming off of a pretty uh, interesting weekend, uh, taking on the Idaho Steelheads. Uh, rare interconference matchup. The Steelheads play out of Boise, Idaho. But they made the trip out to, to the East Coast. Uh, you started off on the right foot, a 6-2 win on uh, on Saturday. Idaho then uh, took the Sunday afternoon game at RDV and then shifting back to the Amway Center last night, a tough one, a 7-2 loss uh, against the Steelheads. But right now, uh, things looking pretty good as far as uh, the playoff chase goes. Orlando just uh, six points away from locking up a, a berth in the Kelly Cup playoffs. So uh, how's the how's the feeling in the locker room, especially after, uh, from what I understand, a pretty uh, energetic morning skate uh, here at, uh, at, our, at the RDV Sportsplex? Yeah, I mean... Uh wasn't the result we wanted the past two games, but uh, they're a good good team we played. We didn't know much about them, but they do well over in their division. So uh, we're just trying to keep things rolling going into the playoffs, and uh, that's what it's all about this time of year, just staying hot going into the playoffs and see what happens. Yeah, I think we're a pretty confident group right now. Obviously, we have a really good team, a lot of guys too, so believe in the group and just kind of keep doing what we're doing. We had a really good practice today, so hopefully come out tomorrow and – uh, have a good showing against Atlanta. Well, Rob, you're, you're a guy that's a little <coughs> bit familiar with Idaho, having played out in the Mountain Division last year uh, with the Utah Grizzlies in your in your rookie season. So, I mean, you've seen both ends of the spectrum. Highlight the differences between the style of play that fans are accustomed to seeing out of typical Solar Bears opponents in the South uh, and then what it's like out West. Uh, yeah, I'd say the West might be a little bit uh, of an older division, a little grittier, um, a lot uh, a lot of more simple hockey, I think. There's uh, some pretty big skill in the South Division, but yeah, like you said, I'm used to them. I think I played Idaho 12 times last year or something, so uh, they're a pretty tough team. That that uh, West Division has some pretty uh, pretty tough opponents for sure. Well, down the rest of the stretch, we've got 10 games remaining in the regular season, season starting uh, Thursday, March 21st, as Orlando takes on Atlanta, all within the division the rest of the way. Uh, what do you guys... What, what's the mindset now as we, we gear up for really what is the, the home stretch here for, for the Solar Bears? Yeah, I mean, uh, like we didn't really put our put forward our best effort uh, the past two games, so it's you got to try to stay away from that, especially this late in the season. You want it; it's all about momentum and the consistency. So uh, try to avoid showings like that and just put your best foot forward every night and see how it goes rolling into the playoffs. Well, for you guys, uh, you know, it's around that time where college hockey is is kind of winding down. You guys both played uh, in the college game. Chris at Merrimack and Rob, you played at Robert Morris University. Just uh, if I'm not mistaken, that's kind of in the Pittsburgh area, right? Yeah. So, I mean, this time of year, everyone is starting to get into that playoff mentality, whether you're playing in college, whether you're playing in pros or major junior. Uh, With, as we said, Orlando needs only six points they can get that by wins or right now I think the team that's trying to chase them South Carolina if South Carolina loses over their next few games that's going to help Orlando's situation towards locking up a spot in the playoffs so you guys uh, had a chance to to or rather Chris you had a chance to play with Orlando in the postseason last year what's that like once you get to the to the playoffs uh, how, how does how does the attitude has the the focus change yeah the intensity of the game definitely uh, turns up a notch especially if you play a team like you know Florida who's rivals with us so uh, you play each team how, however so many times during the year you play to see each other a lot so once you get to the playoffs, teams typically don't really like each other that much. So uh, the pace definitely amplifies and intensifies. 
Yeah, I think that's just part of playoff hockey. Every little play matters. And uh, like Chris said, you know, you're not going to like each other, especially in a series where you're playing however many games, five to seven. So, um, yeah, you definitely don't like each other. And uh, you have to make sure you're doing all little things right. Well, for you guys, the season is a grind. It's a marathon. 72 games beginning in mid-October and season ends for Orlando shortly after early April, first weekend. Um, with you guys, you, you each have missed some time due to the, the bumps and bruises and grinds. Uh, Chris, you were out for a several-game stretch. Rob, you only recently returned to the lineup uh, earlier this week. Uh, what What is that process like when you're you're still at the rink, you're still attending practices, but maybe when you're side, even when you're sidelined, you're still present in the locker room, but at the same time, you're kind of on the bubble. How, how do you... How do you adjust to that and, and get through what could be a, sort of an isolating uh, period for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty tough. I think for me, I was out I don't, over eight, <clears throat> eight weeks, but the guys were awesome, kept me in the loop. And um, obviously, you're not traveling and stuff while you're doing rehab. But I think it's important just to kind of stay around the guys and, um, you know, stay involved and make sure you're around the rink so that, you know, guys know that you care and that you're putting in the work that you're supposed to do so that when you do come back, they know you're ready to go and they trust you on the ice so yeah I mean Rob obviously knows a little longer than me I was only out a few weeks but uh it's tough not being able to go out there every day with your teammates and stuff so uh just like Rob said you just show up and you you know you have your teammate support and uh doing everything that you can do to heal that injury whatever it may be quicker and faster so you could get out there it's a pretty young team for the solar bears this year about close to a dozen rookies in the lineup at various points that have had a consistent roster spot uh, with all the call-ups, trades, injuries, what have you. Uh, you guys are both in your second year of pro. You're kind of the elder statesman on the roster. There's only a few players that might have a little bit more experience than you or in terms of age as well. Uh, what have you guys learned in transitioning from fresh-faced rookies coming out of college last season to now your second year of pro? What have, what have you learned the most uh, about what it takes to, to – find success however you you evaluate your own individual or team success how would you what would you say has been the the biggest eye opener for you Uh, I think it's just bringing it every day you know you have to show up and be ready to work and uh, prepare yourself to work every single day you know you can't take any days off like you said we play so many games that um, you know down the stretch they all matter so every day whether it's practice or game day you have to show up and be consistent and be ready to go yeah, I agree. I think uh, consistency is key. We have a lot of bodies right now, so, I mean, everybody knows in the locker room, no matter who you are, that your spot's not really guaranteed. Uh, guys are interchangeable, so, like Rob said, bringing it every day and trying to be consistent and helping the team however you can. Now, for the Solar Bears, uh, four home games left in the regular season, so six on the road. Big road stretch coming up uh, beginning this weekend. You go down to to Estero to take on the Everblades and then the following week starting out to Atlanta then Greenville South Carolina back to Greenville again pretty big road trip a a lot of teams and opponents that Orlando's played already plenty of times this season I mean when you guys are on the road what what's some of your favorite road cities to to go to what what do you really enjoy when you get away from from Orlando um I mean I'm not a big fan of this this stretch but i don't know who made our schedule but i mean take ending, it up with the league bud yeah ending the season like this it's tough but i enjoy going to charleston i like i like that city a lot um yeah uh but i mean those three teams up there it's it's kind of a brutal uh like the bus ride there and back it's it's kind of tough but i enjoy charleston the most 
Yeah, I'd say Charleston as well. I like Greenville too, actually. But like Chris said, coming back after a, that last game, that bus ride home after the game is a pretty tough one back to Orlando. But yeah, messes with you for a couple of days. Yeah. But I mean, everyone in the league does it, so you just gotta deal with it, I guess. Well, for the Solar Bears uh, playing in Atlanta uh, midweek next week, then. We go on to Greenville, about two and a half hour bus drive away following the game in Atlanta next week. There's an off day, well, somewhat of an off day, I'm sure we'll have some ice time in the morning, get into practice, but then you'll have the rest of the day off uh, leading into the the game Friday night. So what's a a pro hockey player do on the road when they have roughly a half a day to themselves? I mean, do you guys like to get out and explore? We're going to be in Greenville, so, I mean, give us your uh, your Greenville tourism uh, advice. What, what, that's uh, what's that's after we play Atlanta. We're in Greenville. For, in Greenville, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> usually go out for dinner with the boys. That's the kind of a thing. But I don't know. I usually like to try and get out and, like, cruise around downtown, grab a coffee or something, and just check out whatever city you're in. I mean, that's pretty cool part of the job that we have is you get to visit all these cities so try and make the most of it there's only i mean you can't be out doing everything with a game the next day but you know the boys usually go for dinner together for sure yeah i mean definitely dinner and uh yeah i mean you like to check out the spots that you go to um i know in greenville last year one of the soup the uh their team season ticket season ticket holder like brought us to a gun range did you hear anything about that no, this is hold on. So, so jump into this because I'm I'm kind of curious about this. Yeah. So in Greenville, uh, I don't know. I forget the guy's name, but he uh, Skapsky Mackenzie Skapsky played there, so he knew he had a connect that brought us to his gun range that was at his house. Oh wow! So he let us shoot some some pretty cool guns, and I've never really experienced something like that being a city kid, really. So. Um, it was it was pretty neat to do that. Were you shooting like coke cans or something, or? Yeah, they had like the the skeet shooters. We we did that, and then we shot a uh, fifty cal. So that's like the the big one. So that was pretty oh, wow. cool. Yeah, but it was it was a unique experience. I'll have to make a note, note of that. I gotta hit Skapsky up and uh, yeah, see yeah. if he can set me up with that Definitely. the next time we're in Greenville. All right, so Rob, I mean, you obviously played as we said uh, in Utah last year, so you primarily the the road cities you went to were in the western conference what were some of the, the better cities to visit for you out west uh, i loved boise idaho that place is awesome um i like going to allen too a lot only like half hour outside of dallas which is a pretty cool city so i'd say those two are definitely my favorite colorado was nice too actually it's a pretty good road trip there um cool bus trip through the mountains and stuff so but I'd say Boise's probably my number one. That's the one thing I am a little bummed about with Colorado moving up to the American Hockey League. You no longer have that as an ECHL city because that, as you said, that's a really awesome city to check yeah. out. Loveland, Colorado. Uh, about it's almost an hour flat from Denver, Denver International, yeah. so just right up the right up the highway, just straight north, and yeah, really nice arena, really nice setup. Yeah, it was a fun place to play. They pack their rink every night, so I'm sure. I mean, I know as an American League team, they're doing pretty well, so um, I'm sure they'll thrive there for a long time. Well, for the, the Solar Bears, as you said, Allen was a, a place we went to early last season, if I'm not mistaken. First two games after we had the season opener in Jacksonville. Yeah, I believe so. What do you remember most from that Allen trip? Uh, it was pretty early in my career. I was just trying to get acclimated to everything. I know we went uh, top golf one night. That was fun, but um, 
Yeah, I don't I don't really remember much, to be honest with you. It was, it was early. It was pretty early in the, in the yeah. season. I th- think lost the first game, but then Winquist had the overtime winner. In the second one. If I'm one. not mistaken, in the second one. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, Dupes gotten, drove the net wide and got into a fight after that. Remember that? I remember that's, that. That's kind of the only thing I remember off that, that game. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think the very next game they held them out for that specific reason, just so they yeah. didn't want retaliation from, from Allen after knocking out their goalie. So yeah. kind of an unfortunate thing. I, I think, you know, Dupes never was a guy that struck me as someone who would deliberately do that. So And it, and it certainly was, and I think it was more just incidental contact than anything else. So Yeah, absolutely. That actually that kind of brings up uh, a pretty interesting thing because we've seen uh, at times – this year where there's contact made with a goalie, either the Solar Bears goalie or the opposing team's goalie, at what point do does that touch off the the gears for, for the team that has been supposedly had its goalie run into? At what point do you step in and say, all right, time to, time to start getting things ramped up in terms of the physicality? Yeah, I mean, I think you can kind of tell if it's intentional or not. I mean, things happen in hockey so if a guy falls on his way to the net or whatever and you know it's a broken play and he collides with the goalie obviously you can't let him stand all over the goalie but obviously it's if, if it's intentional or you think they're trying to run the goalie then it's time to step in and make sure you're protecting the guy in net i want to i want to bring up something uh for you guys i don't know how close attention you paid t- to the nhl but of course the big story this year in the nhl the carolina hurricanes with their post-game win celebrations uh the storm surge, they call it. Every every win at home, they change it up. Last night, they broke out duck hunt. I don't know if you guys had had seen that. I haven't seen I that see yet. No. They had two of their players in the camera well between the benches, and they started the Viking clap, and then eventually it progressed, and then they put up duck hunt, the old night like the 1984 Nintendo video yeah. game, on the center hung scoreboard. All the other players on the bench started tossing their gloves in the air. <laughs> players start taking out their sticks and start picking out the gloves as guy i mean what do you guys think of that i mean is there a place for that in hockey or is that maybe a little too overboard i mean it's working for them i feel like in that market their their fan base kind of enjoys it and it's working out for them personally i don't really think it's like i wouldn't like my like our team to do something like that but i mean they enjoy it i feel like their city seems to enjoy it their fan base so all, all the power to him. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Toronto guy. He's from Boston, so our, you know, two. You're old school. Yeah, I mean, those are hockey markets back home don't really need that. But like you said, it's not a traditional hockey market. So if that puts people in the crowd and they're having fun with it, then why not roll with it? So, Well, for you guys, so, I mean, as you said, you grew up in, in Toronto. I'm assuming a Maple Leafs fan. You, I'm assuming Boston Bruins. I mean, what, what who who were your biggest inspirations growing up uh, when you guys were just starting out as, as little pups? Uh, for me, it was Matt Sundin growing up, probably number one Leaf uh, guy that I followed. I love Brian McCabe, too, him and Thomas Caberlet. Uh, had a few pretty good years for the Leafs, so I'd say those two guys, um, you know, followed the Leafs religiously when I was a little kid. So, Yeah, I'd say uh, Bergeron, he's still playing at a pretty high level, but um, I used to go to games all the time with my father and my brother, so uh, he was still playing at an elite level back then, too, so I followed him pretty closely. So at what point, I mean, I've got you guys here. At what point did you guys decide, hey, you know what, I enjoy playing the game. I'm progressing to the point where I've got enough self-confidence in myself to know that I can play at a a pretty high level. At what point did you guys progress to to college and realize, hey, you know what, this is something I can maybe pursue? 
I'd say uh, probably my senior year of high school, I was starting to get some serious looks for colleges and stuff like that. So I figured this was uh, a route that I could take, and I just tried to work hard and be the best I could be. And then it kind of just followed. It uh, took off from there. So, Yeah, I'd say for me, <clears throat> my 18-year-old year junior was my rookie year, so pretty late technically. Um, but yeah, I had um, a pretty good first season and started to get some, um, you know, attention from college schools. So I kind of, um, you know, figured it was a legitimate path I could do and, you know, have to have four years to continue to improve and work on your game. That's a long time from 20 to 24. So, um, yeah, I figured probably around 18, 19 that I could try and make a run at it. Well, for you, you played, if I'm not mistaken, in Penticton, right? Yeah. So that's way out in, in British Columbia. Now, for a Toronto guy, what's that like? As a, You're still a kid. You're still a teenager going all the way halfway across the the continent yeah and then playing junior hockey living with a billet family and and, and that yeah it was definitely uh definitely an adjustment um i think i was ready though at that point just to kind of have a change of scenery and um you know i was committed to school already so they had told me that penticton was a really good spot and would be good for my development um so i was excited to go i love that that was one of my you know favorite years of hockey I have a lot of memories from that year um but definitely an adjustment the first month or two is different and you know, you're not living at home anymore. You're living under someone else's roof with their rules. So, um, yeah, it took a while, but all in all, that it was an awesome experience. So now that you guys are in your second year of pro hockey, you've been living on your own. What what maybe is the the biggest frustration or challenge for you away from the rink, in terms of just living a living a normal life, or at least attempting to? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's cooking your own meals, doing your own laundry. What is it? Uh, yeah, I'd say that, but I feel like I was used to that in college. I kind of got over the hump my my uh, junior and senior year of college, so I was I've been used to that. So I don't know. You got anything? Yeah, I like to cook, so that part doesn't bother me. Laundry, probably number one, but I don't know. I don't know what else. Maybe a messy roommate or two. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's tough. <laughs> I've been pretty pretty good this year. Are you two roommates this year? No, or no, no, we're not. I live with uh, Monfredo and Ingram. Fredo's clean though. Ingram's new guy, so I don't have him figured out yet. We'll see. What about you? I'm with uh, Bozy and Playfair, and the same thing. Playfair just came in last week, but Bozy's been been a good roommate so far. All right. So, when you guys are on the road, who's your favorite road roommate? Because I know that the coaching staff they tend to mix it up, keep things a little fresh, a little interesting, so you don't get into any predictable habits. So, who's the uh, the best roommate for for the team on the road? We were together yeah. early in the year, but they switched that. I think like the first weekend. We were too um, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, Olsen was a good roommate. I had folks too. Folks is good. Yeah. I haven't really had a, had a bad one. Not I've had uh, Chewy and Bozy. They both, I mean, not snores or anything like that. So I have no complaints. I mean, I think it's pretty hard to be a bad roommate. We're all kind of the same routine and I don't know. Yeah. Unless you're being an idiot, but pretty easy to be a good roommate i think yeah fair enough so solar bears heading on the road as we said uh atlanta next week we got florida on saturday down at hertz arena and depending on how things kind of shape out over these next few days as we said orlando could position itself to clinch we don't want to get ahead of ourselves by any means but right now uh things if the playoffs were to start today would have orlando playing jacksonville in the first round i mean what does that do for for your mindset? How would you approach a, a series against Jacksonville hypothetically? Uh, I mean, it'd be a good series. They're, they play a tough style of hockey, so um, I mean, I think we'd have to obviously do our our homework and 
um, everyone buy into the systems and stuff that we come up with for, for that series. And, um, yeah, it'd definitely be a war, though. That'd be a fun one. Yeah, I mean, whether it's Jack, I mean, all the top teams in our league, are, they're all going to be tough, tough matchups. So I don't think our mindset will sway for anyone in particular, maybe a couple of tweaks and stuff. But um, just show up and play hard, and we, we know what we're getting into with whoever we face in, in the first round. All right. Well, I guess uh, we'll, that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, Solar Bears take on the Atlanta Gladiators on Thursday uh, at the ARS.com Rink at Amway Center. Thirsty Thursday presented by Coors Light. $5 draft beers uh, for fans in attendance. Visit OrlandoSolarBearsHockey.com uh, slash thirsty for ticket offers. Uh, and now uh, hopefully the, the fun starts to really crank up over these next few weeks as the Solar Bears near the home stretch of the end of the regular season. Uh, for Chris LeBlanc, for Rob Mann, I'm Jesse Lieben, and this has been Episode 6 of the Orlando Solar Bears Podcast. <laughs>